Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. All right, so I'm in conversation with Mavuso Msimang, and I did promise that we're going to have a, an hour-long conversation. <laughs> uh, I think somebody said to him, we're going to just chat about his life. And, and I said, well, you know, I'm so sorry to break the news to you. <laughs> it's not going to be that nice. <laughs> we could have a, a lovely conversation about your life, and it would be a very pleasant conversation. Good afternoon, Mr. Musumang. Thanks for coming through. Good, good, good afternoon to you and to your listeners. I'm so sorry. It's not going to be that kind of a conversation because we've got problems. Shoot. We've got, we've got, this country has got problems. You know, before you came in, we were having a conversation with a blind essay. I, I mean, I'm gobsmacked. The, they're telling me that they, their basic education has never budgeted for them to get Braille textbooks. Mm. And what they do now is to go begging for corporates to print textbooks. Textbooks. I'm not talking about leisure novels. Textbooks for children who are partially and who are blind to get education, which is in our human rights. I mean, it's, it's shocking. No, absolutely. However much you like to be diplomatic about mm. this, it's totally unacceptable, particularly with people who have disabilities. Yes. We cannot um, mm. do that. I don't know where the um, problem lies. but uh, You know, I, I have a very broad question to ask you with regards to all of these things. Because I, I actually often wonder, not so much about myself, I know how this makes me feel. And I certainly did not spend my youth fighting the struggle of this country to fight apartheid. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't old enough, right? I, I just wonder what it feels like for someone who's given up your youth, your youth, essentially, to fight for the liberation of this country for all of our freedoms, and to be sitting here, twenty-five years in, where we should be accountable for what's happening and we hear these kind of stories how does it land with you you know there is no need to be emotional about this but mm. the truth is that it's extremely disappointing mm-hmm. um, uh, it's it shouldn't be like this mm-hmm. uh, and it is like this in part because uh, some of us allowed it to be maybe inadvertently yes but uh, the election of people, wrong people, mm. is what started to cause this problem. Mm. Why we had faith in those people, when you look back, you really don't quite understand. But I'm, I must say that uh, um, I just didn't think mm. that uh, we would get to this level mm. of uh, corruption, for mm. sure, <clears throat> but also of... Um, Unaccountability. Mm. These things go together. Mm. How do I feel? I feel like I'm part of the group who messed this thing up. Mm. Because it's our generation, much as you say, we spent our youth Mm. fighting for this country. It happens to be true. Mm. But um, you would have done it if you'd grown up in our time. Mm. So so there's nothing special about it. Mm -hmm. Young people of the time, some... Uh, decided that the situation was untenable. We couldn't continue to be ruled by white people, humiliated by them, Mm -hmm. called names and kept out of everything that's important in life. So one thought uh, 
when eventually, and it was eventually, mm -hmm. uh, I joined the ANC in 1958. Yes. Um, and mm. and the, two years later, the organization was banned. Mm. Uh, a decision had to be made as to what now. Mm. And it was quite clear that uh, you had to continue fighting in a different form. And so the organization went underground. We formed into cells of five, five. Mm. You didn't know anybody except five people that were with all in order to try and protect people mm -hmm. from betraying others in case <coughs> they caved in when they were caught. The time came to also go and train outside. You know, no one who was black in South Africa at the time joined the army. So all your training and all the things you would hope to use to fight for freedom had to be acquired externally. That, that's why there was that outflow. Do, do you think personally for you that your sense of what is right you you got from your grandfather you you your grandfather lived with a white should neighbor should give credit to my grandmother yeah and my mother yeah it's more from them oh. truthfully mm -hmm. that i got mm -hmm. anything that's good about me <laughs> really came from, <laughs> came from them <laughs> and and i was alluding to the relationship your grandfather had with his white neighbor um, and, ah, and 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 ah, that ah, ah, that sense of humanity that you know the color is is but just uh just that you know the skin color um that for you you grew up seeing this and witnessing this as part of being normal you know the two things about my grandfather <clears throat> he was i think i got my political thinking yes from him Th that's a, that's true. um he was absolutely adamant about not accepting these things segregation segregation yeah. yes we did happen to have a neighbor because it was in the countryside mm. with a white neighbor farmer that's New newcastle in, in that's in newcastle yes. uh, a place called messondale yes. and uh, the farmer had his own name for that farm yes. it, it was quite a humane person this mm. white person when we grew up would sit, sit on the veranda with his children and we used to call him granny so and so and my grandfather got that respect but it just was not the reflection of South Africa mm. but it did say one thing to me that I should look at a person not necessarily on uh, judge them by their skin mm -hmm. but judge them by their thinking the mm. fact that overwhelmingly mm. white people really enjoyed their status and became very racist mm. um, does not change the fact that you've got to look at an individual and assess them and take your relationship from that. I'll take those <coughs> calls on 0891-104-207. I'm in conversation with Ndadema Vusom Simang and we're going to be having this conversation until three. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. My guest is Ndate Mavusom Simang, and uh, we, we literally are talking about absolutely anything and everything, and I'll take those calls, 891 Are you a Joburg resident? I'm a Joburg resident. I live in you've, Bryanston. You've got a new mayor. This morning you woke up oh, with a new mayor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you woke up with a new mayor. How does that change your life? Well, I don't know how he came to be. I know the gentleman mm -hmm. uh, personally. Okay. And actually, I have a great liking for him. 
you know, until I heard these things about some 30 million rand yes. and so on. In, I, in fact, he's charming. Yeah. He's, he's quite a charming young man. And in the difficult situation in which we are in the ANC, mm. I look to him as one of the people who yes. would try and mobilize people into doing the right thing. Mm. We talked about corruption. Yes. And, uh, and so I still don't understand what this thing happened. What happened to Look, him? Look, I mean, the, thing, the, yeah. the, 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 there is an explanation of sorts. Yeah. Whether whether one <clears throat> buys into it or not is another story. But there is an explanation of sorts. So there is a timing situation there. There is no. He's not denying that he was in business. He's not denying that. He's not denying that there was a tender. He's not denying that. He's saying, though, however, when he started going into politics officially, he then recused himself from the business. That's what he's saying. Mm. The tender was there, you know. As, as he was in business. He was a partner to this company. And um, when he felt he wanted to go into now, formally into politics, he then recused himself. It didn't mean he was no longer the director of the business. That's what he says. Mm. Anyway, he recused himself. And then it's, it, they say life kind of went on. The tender, I think, had was extended. He says without him. And it gets a bit murky from there. And ultimately, everybody's saying, well, you know, Gauteng is saying, you know, he wasn't taken to the police. There is no case here. Uh, he stated his case. He's been upfront about it. Others are saying, mm, a bit too murky for us. I, I have this question. I find that government is, and I don't know whether this is deliberate, government has trouble communicating. Mm-hmm. I don't think government communicates with us very well. The fact that you, and like many, are unsure about this man says a lot. For me, it boils down to communication. What I'm not sure of is if this communication problem that government has is deliberate or not. Mm. Because in, in some instances, it works in their favor. In others, not actually, unfortunately for them. But I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure whether it is in government's interest to sometimes have us not understand certain things. Because in us not understanding certain things, we are less empowered to, to with vigor, fight for them or, or, or advocate for them and so on. And it happens often. You would hear often where there are bills being tabled and, and the majority of South Africans, many of us just are very... We just don't understand what these bills are about, but they are about us. They involve us. And I'm, I'm now of the belief that the excuse that nobody tells government stories better is not true. I think government actually is part of why we don't understand some of the things that are happening. It's sad because there can never be a justification for not communicating. Mm. The truth must be communicated. There are times when perhaps you don't talk until you finish mm. a certain process mm. you know uh, but by all means government and business must be as transparent as possible that's your best safeguard mm. I don't see any advantage whatsoever in hiding things I think in the case of uh, this uh, our new mayor mm. you know he's been suddenly somebody opens the books i don't think if 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 when he became political as yes. you explain uh he did disclose to yes. his colleagues he did he that, apparently that, he did you you really can't blame him you've yeah. got to accept that but I, I don't expect that without knowing that the man was going to be a public figure mm. in the sense that he is now mm. the 
government or ANC should have then broadcast to the whole world mm. that this man was once involved with mm. a certain organization in a tender. This has come rather suddenly, and you can't always anticipate these mm. things. But as a general principle, mm. you have to talk. I must say, even then, though, the allegations, when they were brought forward, they did deal with them. Yes. I think there's obviously this this anxiety now about the fact that who is this man and so on. But but nonetheless, we are here. We are sitting with a new mayor. And, and Joburg has got massive problems. This year alone has seen massive activity that, that where, where there isn't cohesion amongst us uh, living in the city. Mm. Um, and that, that poses many, many problems. And, and one wonders, you know, um, <coughs> former Mayor Heman Mashaba said that even if you gave him 300 billion rand to fix Johannesburg, it would still take him 10 years. Well, is that how massive the problem that's, is? That's how much that, you know, the kind of work that needs to go into Joba. I'm not so sure that you can measure the problem of Johannesburg or any of our other places in financial terms mm. only. I think it's a question of the attitudes of the people, the social cohesion that is really low, but also the governance. Mm or lack thereof, which has allowed things to deteriorate to the point where they are now. Mm. What constitutes our mess? What what does is that things are not functioning as they are supposed to. Mm. You almost get embarrassed to think, ah, you've got those races always that once these people come in, you'll see how things don't work. That's th This is the shame of our situation because people have the education, have the understanding, they have really the competence, except that if you put in place people who don't have the competence simply because they are your friends, mm -hmm. uh, th th these things are cousins, corruption and incompetence go mm -hmm. together. There are other things which are not the government's problem, which is our societal problems. Yes. Um, just today, uh, Katsavelas pleaded guilty and he's dropping, you know, his, his plea now to be withdrawn. Um, so he's it looks like by all accounts they'll be sentencing and so on. But when you see that that which we saw in his, in his it was a tweet, I think, or a social media post, mm. that government can't fix. That's not a government thing. That's a societal thing. Seth Madhubuzubugo speaks about how we microwaved cohesion. This, it was a microwaved thing. Yeah. Um, what needs to happen for, for us to get to a point where we see uh, each other and, and ourselves as South Africans all as, as, as a nation, a similar nation? You know what hasn't happened in our country, and <clears throat> a lot of younger people talk a lot about this, is uh, a change in the, in, the, in the status, economic status of the population. The accession of the ANC of black people into government has not uh, necessarily resulted in a massive change in the opportunities, economic opportunities of mm. the people. But let's face it, those things always take time. The fact that people vote, <coughs> the fact that you went to vets or whatever school, um, that you are sitting here now, mm. these are things that have come with the change uh, in politics, mm -hmm. but that change must be used to consolidate, to bring about the things that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, you can't help racists like this man um, 
because they are re they are raised in an environment where they always believe that they are superior. It doesn't matter how good the government is; mm. it just can't, can't change his attitude. And uh, and I think he's getting his just desserts when they uh, fine him and make him pay money for <coughs> his irresponsible utterances. One hopes that that will teach him a lesson, uh, and maybe working for a community that he despises would make him start to re respect people. But our real problem, really, is that, uh, well, it, 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 it is the fact that <clears throat> we have not achieved the change that people expect, perhaps at the time that they expected it. Mm. I, I do want to say, and people would say one is conservative, in any country, you don't change the economic status as quickly as you change political power. You do need to have the political voice that empowers you, that gives you the opportunity to change other things. What we didn't really do as well as we could have in South Africa uh, was to pay attention to the plight of the people. I think you we were voted into power by, by people who need water, who need housing, who need proper hospitals. And I think if we sat down, and this goes well before Zuma, and said, how much of our budget should go into providing the essentials that people need? You would, you would bother more about uplifting the bottom than bringing down the top. You don't need to bring it down, mm -hmm. to bring it down. You may tax it, impose royalties, but the key thing is mm -hmm. to provide the kind of education that unfortunately eluded us. Mm -hmm. We've got lots of people who are educated, and uh, the education is not too good. When you look at um, uh, comparisons with other countries where you, when you hear that and up outcomes, to great yeah. yes exactly yeah. so all of that cumulatively in one way or another results in a population that's not very happy mm. i'm in conversation with Ndatim mavusom simang and i do apologize we've gone a little bit late utsila saku it's now 2:30 utsila saku i'm very sorry call pimelo mutine now All right, I'm still in conversation with Mavusom Simang, and I did say I'll open the lines on 0891-104-207. Before we went to the headlines, we were talking about, uh, I suppose, what expectations, meeting expectations, yes. um, and, and why we find ourselves where we are. I do want to challenge you a little bit on that, because the common man, in as much as we may talk about how people are not educated, they're not stupid. So, yes. People understand these things take time. What people don't understand is your tolerance for corruption, for instance. When, when people start quantifying what X amount of money has cost them directly that has been thrown down the sea, where that money could have built a clinic, you, you know, with stuff that relates to them directly, a home, it's raining now, people are in shacks, people don't have electricity. All those things, people, people's children are dying in pit toilets. Suddenly, it's not so much about people not understanding that 25 years is young. It's people thinking, well, actually, you know what? 
I still think I could hold them to a higher standard. I absolutely agree with you. There just should never be any excuse for corruption. Mm. And corruption has contributed to a poor delivery of services. Mm. You know, I hear us sometimes say, we've built more than one million houses uh, in the past so many years. Truth is that the cost of building those houses, because you have to repeat the building as a result of corrupt people putting up structures that fall apart. The strategy for your housing, uh, these are all things that um, result in this huge backlog mm. of, uh, of housing. So yes, absolutely, we should never, uh, never uh, excuse our lack of, lack of progress uh, on. And is, is part of the problem not just getting the sense that there is sincerity? <laughs> if you know that what I mean, just that, that people getting the sense that, you know, sincerely, our leaders care. And I'll give an example of, of what I mean. You have an organization called Abasali Basim Jondo, oh, yeah. who again and again, and I'm, I'm yet to hear of a case that they've lost. I'm yet to hear of a case of lost at a very high cost, their lives, in fact, where they've taken government to court consistently, just sticking to the law about the rights of a home, shelter, uh, land. And they haven't gone out yelling and shouting stuff. They've just gone to court, one court case after another. And I think they've, they've, as I said, they've won all the cases where they have demonstrated to government that with the very same law, we know our rights and you are not doing what you should be doing. And, and, and what, what makes me chill is that as they, they win, you know, these cases, more of their lives are lost. And one has to wonder, who is taking them out? All they want is to be able to live like me and me, to go to a structure that is called home. Abatali are very strong in KZN very around Very strong Durban, in KZN, yes. And they've done a commendable job. Yes. I'm impressed by the fact that uh, you're keying in, into that. I actually um, read their newsletter. Mm. I subscribe to oh, that. Uh, I started at the time of uh, the xenophobia here. Mm. You know how they have managed in their poor neighborhoods, mm. and this is mostly where they are, to keep uh, social harmony. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, migrants and foreigners who live there mm. have not suffered yes. the kinds of things yes. that other societies have. Mm. So there is a very high moral mm. principle standard mm. that they have through their leadership they have been able to maintain. These are humble people. Very humble The people. leadership does not drive in flashy cars or live in the kinds of houses that No political that affiliation. No. They, they are really an example. I wonder whether society can easily replicate that. I wish we could. Mm. But that's they show the way yeah. on, on how things... I think if they were empowered, for instance, by being given resources to assist in building up the community, mm. they would use those resources a lot more diligently, more carefully than the average of our stars. Mm. KGM, I see you. You're calling me today from Cape Town. <coughs> good afternoon. Hi, KGM. KGM, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pemi. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Go ahead. Good afternoon to your guests and to the listeners. 
Um, l- let me begin by saying uh, there's fundamentals that I differ with with your guest, profoundly so. Um, my my point of departure is to say democracy as a system was never meant for us Africans and South Africans in the main. It was made for us. There's a huge difference. One day we should interrogate that. I'll explain what I mean. But in short, it means we will never benefit as the indigenous from democracy. It was meant to benefit peoples from across the oceans. And this is not a political statement. At least for those who know me and understand my way of thinking, they know that I don't believe in politics, which is part of democracy. But where we need to be careful, it's also the people called academics. Some of us who are uh, indoctrinated academics who come with big English that they cannot translate in their mother tongue, try to explain things that are not explainable. And here's a simple example. You put it so profoundly, and I, I need your, your guests to, to delve into it. If you say we are a young democracy, what, are, what do you mean? Young to do what? If somebody like President Cyril Ramaphosa, who was a mere secretary of a trade union in the beginning of our democratic dispensation, if it took him only 25 years to become a, a multi-billionaire, or anybody that we know, why should a downtrodden person have an understanding of the so-called patience that is required by the so-called leaders. If we can see the rampant corruption, crime under our nose, and I like the example you are making or you are giving of Abatali Basim Jondo. You, you're giving them humiliations as I hear. But to me, it's an insult in a sense that the very same process that they are following called the law. How many of those court cases that they've won have been enforced how many you can count i'll wait but my my last point we need to start telling our own story as africans as south africans not in an indoctrinated way not in an indoctrinated form not by looking over our shoulders as to what big brother might think or my how they might feel can any bourgeois in South Africa, any white person who claims they do not enjoy to see the pride of black people. I'm going to rush you, KJ. I'm going to rush you. Okay. Can they step out of their shoes, get into the the shoes, and live the life of the downtrodden? Then we can start talking. Not when we're sitting at the excellence of Santin, Cape Town, and so forth. Then we claim that we are representing people who are actually the okay, KGM in Cape Town. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm I'm going to give you time to think about that, and I'll take a quick break. Uh, so we'll respond to KGM after this. Life happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. All right, so we will open those lines again, 0891-104-207. I'm in conversation with Mavuso Msimang. KGM called in. Many of you know KGM on the station, and so um, you are familiar with his way of thinking. But Msimang, I think there's a lot there. Pick one. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like not to disagree with him when he says uh, things are not as they are supposed to be. Um 
I think you asked about a young democracy. Um, I don't know what system, what other system to use other than really put in simple form. The we have only just 25 years ago been able to exercise the vote. Mm. Now, whatever system you're looking at, the ability. The, the the right to vote is important. Mm-hmm. How you use that right, of course, determines what progress you make. So it was, I'll always say, it was a very important event, 1994 yes. was. We did not, I would like to agree with him, uh, move as well as we could have. Mm. Um, so that That is why the levels of poverty stay where they are. That's why in fact, poverty is increasing. Uh, this uh, gap that is talked about between the richest and the mm-hmm. poorest uh, occurs in South Africa. There is something wrong with the formula mm-hmm. that has been developed mm-hmm. to uh, liberate the people. Some of the play- areas are very obvious. Mm-hmm. Our education system really is not right. Mm-hmm. If you fix that, you'd go some way towards correcting a problem. Um, the 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 widening of the gap. I I want to take him up on the to take him on regarding uh, the day a white man t- I think leaves their ivory tower to go and live. If you had black people here in the position of white people, we would stay in the ivory tower where <laughs> where they are. I think you need governance, a system of government that helps people get to a certain level of standard. I don't think you need to go and attack things that people have. In the equalization, uh, you have to take from the rich and give to the poor, but through taxation and things like that. I I miss him sometimes. I, I don't quite get the point he's making, but maybe if we talked more going forward, one would, would, would be able to engage. All right, let, me, let me take that call from <coughs> Kandisa, who is in Matlosana. Good afternoon, Kandisa. Hey, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for calling, Kandisa. No, I'm good. No, Babu Simang now. Yeah, Baba. Yeah, I want to ask Babu Simang. I, I want to ask Babu Simang whether this organization he fought for for a long time, mm. ANC, why now the constitution of ANC is not being used? Because when you see, you go around the provinces, you see different things. People are behaving as if they are no members of ANC, they are just ordinary members, and especially people who are in government, especially here in Makosana. You get the NEC of ANC coming here uh, to come and intervene on issues, very serious issues. And when other people from uh, government raise corruption issues within the organization to say our members of ANC are doing one, two, three, even today, those people, they didn't. The NEC of ANC didn't, didn't take any action. How can us members of ANC be interested to, 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 
I'm going to just see if we can't take you back to another line because uh, we just can't hear you. But I think he's alluding to the fact that when that Mandela was alive, ANC's comrades were better behaved. That's kind of where he's going with this, with everything else that he said prior to that. Yeah, it is very depressing that we're failing to manage corruption. Um, there are very many Good people in the ANC, by the way. Yes. So, so very many. Why are they? And I want you to ponder on this. Maybe we'll come back to it just in a, in a short while. Maybe as you respond, just give us a sense of, as you said, we can point these people that are good people. Some we know, some we don't know. You know, it's a broad church. I think what we are failing to understand is why the other voice drowns out the good voice. I think that's where... Many of us at least are battling to understand. Is it that we are eluding ourselves, we're deluding ourselves in believing that there are a lot of people that are good, which we, we th- I think it's true. But when you look at the outcome and the fact that we, we're sitting with a state capture commission now, it's horrific what we're hearing. And, and I have a feeling, this is the tip of the iceberg, that's the feeling I have. So one has to wonder, where were all these people, all these good people within the ANC, if if they were the likes of Jonas were able to bravely say, hey, folks, something else is going on here. He surely couldn't have been the only person who was witness to that. He couldn't have been. I'll give you a minute to think about that. When I come back, we'll take that response. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Dade Msimang is my guest. Mavuso Msimang is my guest until three. We've talked about a lot of things. Before we went to the ad break, we were discussing, I think, Dade Msimang, you, you, you coined it as hopelessness. And I agree with you. There is, there's so many other people calling here who want to talk to you. And I think there's, there's a similar thread. People are frustrated. People want somebody to hear their frustration and so on. As I sit here in front of you, I'm one of those people. Let's face it, you know, <clears throat> it, it won't help very many people, but you need to look at how it all started. Mm-hmm. Uh, before uh, 1994, yes. becoming a member of the ANC was a, a real challenge. Mm. Uh, you did not have to have strict rules for admitting people into the ANC because just going in there meant you were willing to undertake some risks uh, and so on. 1994, we win power and we get into government 
And in many instances, people want to associate themselves with the ANC because there is an opportunity, there is a privilege, there is an advantage to gain from doing that. If but we go back to the, you said, let's go back to nine, before 94. Sure. I think you're actually making a very good point because what we don't discuss enough about the liberation movement back then before even 94 is that the movement itself knew that it's problematic having masses within it who are not necessarily vetted. People would come in as thugs, you know, who would under the guise of wanting to fight for the liberation and perhaps hide themselves in the camps when they know they were actually criminals in the country and so on. So you still had those dynamics even then. What I'm saying is these are not necessarily new problems and you, are, you, you, can, you, you can relate to that. But those came in as spies. Yes. In, you know, yes. In, in, informers coming to infiltrate yes. the organization yes. and if they were caught, they yes. would know that yes. it's bad. You know, this situation is a bit different. Mm. Just ordinary, ordinarily, if I thought uh, I have an education, I have an opportunity to get a senior position if I'm friends with the ANC or I'm a member, uh, I will come in, what I was trying to say, and join the ANC. Mm. Uh, if you joined the ANC in the past genuinely, mm-hmm. it, it was because you were willing to take some risks. But I'm not blaming people who came after 1994 alone. I think once we got into power, we also got very (coughs) seduced, some of us. Um, And power corrupts, as they say. I don't think we put in place sufficient uh, safeguards to make sure that people who are corrupt, because they do come in, were received sufficient sanction. Mm. I mean, I can talk about cases where People, senior people, committed some. Is one yes. who bought a driving license a long time ago. <laughs> Hi. What, 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 what you would have expected? No, no, I'm, I'm saying seriously. I don't say they must have stoned that person or anything, but mm-hmm. the, for the confidence of the public, some action would be taken. The person would apologize uh, openly, or they would be given. A position that's less than where they because were. Politics because politics is about perceptions, isn't it? It's no. about how we perceive you to deal with an issue. But politics is about reality too. If I commit a mistake and it uh, affects the public in uh-huh. that they realize that confidence in me uh-huh. and all of a sudden I've been stealing money, uh-huh. the ANC should not defend me. Uh-huh. It really should not. It should take action against me. And uh, even if perhaps it didn't destroy me entirely, I can't continue in the position of trust where I was before I committed the, the, the ANC the says it all the time. This person has been to, uh, what do you call it? There's a committee, uh, an integrity committee. This particular mayor has been to an integrity committee. The results thereof are not out ah. yet. And the ANC says it's an internal matter. No, there are no internal matters. I have spoken very publicly. Internal matters, when... When somebody commits a mistake and they are representing people, if you're a minister, if you're anything like that, you should be sanctioned. The excuse about, oh, somebody is innocent until they are found guilty is nonsense. If you committed some uh, infringement here at the at SAFM, I'm sure your colleagues, superiors, would take action against you. If you 
discipline. Every organization has its own set of disciplinary rules, whether it's a church, whether it's a, a sporting club and so on. We are hearing depressingly more and more people saying, no, let's live that person because uh, until the courts find them guilty, mm. they remain innocent. That's complete nonsense. Mm. I'm going to ask, quickly ask you about um, what we're seeing. All of us are, are, are disillusioned by this uh, gender-based violence that oh. we're seeing. This is not an ANC thing. It's not a government thing. It's all of our problem. I know you to be a feminist. <laughs> 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 I could be wrong, but I, I think it's not so much what you've said, it's how you conduct yourself. What, what needs to happen? It's really a tough one, to be very honest with you. It just requires a complete change of attitude as we are raised from childhood. What do you think of women? We have been socialized, all of us, mm -hmm. most by and large, very wrongly. Women are weak. Sometimes you say it nicely, the fairer sex. Yeah, you know, it's, it's nice, but in fact, they even say the weak sex. So there is a sense that um, you have, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, it's me who would shella you and mm -hmm. not the other, other way around, you know. And, and I suppose society will continue to do those things for some time. But there is something about a respect for women, we are the aggressors most of the time, men, mm. is something that needs to be inculcated from childhood. Mm. Um, I think it will take a number of generations before we actually see things like my own children, and I've got really red-hot feminists oh, in my, yes. <laughs> my family. No, no, you they, take after them. <laughs> you used to call me That's homophobic about yeah. certain things, you know. Uh, yeah, so... It, it's a, it's a, unfortunately, I, I don't think there is an, is a silver bullet to deal with this thing. Mm -hmm. Just society has a combination of very many things must has take place over like time. I suppose um, because of the difficulties of poverty, living squashed, and uh, I think that exacerbates mm. things. I, I, I'm no expert in yes, this kind of, of thing. But... Uh, it does seem to be getting worse, honestly. Mm. Maybe it's reported more. Mm. Fact of the matter is that I think you need efforts that, a formula that we haven't found yeah. Uh, yeah. of dealing with this thing. Mr. Mavusom Simang, that conversation will be available as a podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining that conversation. And uh, it's three o'clock now. Let's go to Utzi Lasaku for the latest in SABC News.